All right, well, welcome out there to our midweek or Wednesday midweek service, those that are watching online. We've been talking about positioned authority. We'll get into that today. And we was given the contrast between sometimes being in a position but not necessarily having true power or, or true spiritual authority. So how, you know, how you, you know, people jockey for position or sometimes they manipulate their way to position or sometimes by default they're thrown in a position, but that doesn't mean... And a lot of times we skip steps, um, as Josh was talking about this morning, we skip the details, and the details is what we need to uh, qualify to really walk in some, some level of power or authority, if that makes sense. All right, so, so uh, today we're going to talk about um, just how sometimes this starts. Like, you ever seen somebody that seems they're so... Um, um, they got a lot of zeal, so they jump into doing a lot of things, but they're, they really jump in a lot of things that they're not really ready for. Or you ever seen people that you were under, and you're like, how did they give the person a job? Like, how is this person my supervisor? <laughs> like, like, who you know, you know, is this your daddy's company? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you've seen that, right? Or, or, you, or somebody that's pushed their way to a position, and you know they're not good, they're not good at what they do. And you, you got to ask yourself, you ever see people repeatedly do that? Constantly put themselves in the positions they're not ready for? Well, it's in their default. Remember we talked about renewing the spirit of your mind? So sometimes it's in their default, and sometimes it's because we've been um, cheated from how to learn how to uh, grow in authority from even when we were young. You know, uh, I remember when I was... Uh, I worked in corrections. I started working in corrections right out of college in 1984. It's a long time ago. Uh, so, I, so that was in New York. I did that for about four years. Uh, 1984. Well, that's, that is quite some time ago, right? I, so I did that to about 88. And then when I moved to Ohio, when I met my wife in 90, met my wife in 92. That same year, I had just started working in corrections in Ohio. And I saw a similar theme. I saw a lot of kids with children. And I remember asking a young man one day, I said, I said, you know, a lot of you seem like you're bitter with your, your, with your dads. And they were like, yeah, you know. I said, well, why are you mad? He says, my dad was never there for me. I said, how many of y'all got kids? They raised their hand. It was just about all of them. I said, so where are your kids? And are you there for them? And it's almost like repeating the pattern. But I remember when I, and this is another year I got to bring up. So I graduated in uh, high school in 1980. Right. <laughs> Y'all need to stop with all the ooh, oohs and stuff, you know. Y'all ain't right. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> but <laughs> you going to jump in with them? Right. So, so. Thanks, 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 James, James, look, look, James just as old. I'm like, yeah, it's a good year, Pastor, good year. Everybody else cracking up. Yeah, people watching online, that's what you miss. You miss people laughing at the pastor. But uh, it was, I did graduate high school in 1980. And so, but I remember something that year, that, that year, and probably maybe within those, maybe my junior, senior year, all the, uh, uh, quite a few young ladies were pregnant. And it was a different culture back then. Guys would be like, that ain't mine. 
and could get away with it. You know, <laughs> back then could get away with it. But I saw like, you know, they call, they call that a baby boom, right? I saw all these people pregnant. And so when I started working in corrections, I was like, oh, so this is the result of all the babies that was having babies. Right? You just kind of repeat a pattern. Now, what does that do? That means that sometimes, like I saw young people having kids and they had them like, you know, they might have been like one and they had them with like a gold rope on, you know, they had them blinging like, you know, like they were, like the kid knew the value of that gold rope, you know. Uh, some of them that was uh, uh, selling pharmaceuticals for the kids, they had like, the kid would be in like a fur, you know, <laughs> like I'm talking about like a sick. And I'm like, you know, that child doesn't know what that is. But then some of them had their children calling them by their first name. You know, so instead of mom and dad, you know, it would be like, uh, you know, Shirley, um, could I do such and such? And, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, I'm waiting for a smack. Because, like, if I called my dad Irv, he would have dropped me. You know, so, but I saw it was a shift. And what the kids were like, like, nah, nah, I, I let my kid call me whatever they want. Or I'm not, nah, they don't have to do that. They don't have to do that. But really, they was playing off of some of the restrictions they had as a kid. And so they took all the restrictions off of their kid because they hadn't seen the value of it yet. Right? They're still a child. Right? So they're thinking, I can't get relief, but I'm going to give them relief. But they didn't understand it wasn't, you, you was taking off something that they were going to need from growth. It's almost like, like you see the, uh, the caterpillar struggling in a cocoon and you open it up. You're only going to end up killing the caterpillar because that, they got to go through that process to get that fluid out of them to, to flush into their wings. If they just leave that in there too soon, they can suffocate off that same fluid. Right? So your relief is not helping them, it's hurting them. Right? And so I said that to say because as we've been talking about position authority and how so many people jockey for position authority because they don't understand spiritual authority, it happens when we're younger because we abort the, the stages of growth or the process of preparation. And so remember we talked about it's a, it's a customized, not cookie-cutter preparation. Um, now Pastor Mel came up here. And when we were talking about customization, she talked about when she, uh, she had a passion for sewing and how you had to have patterns, right? And there was particular measurements, right? Because you're customizing this particular out outfit. And then she said when you're doing the measurements, uh, based on the weight, you have to make adjustments in the measurements, right? When you're customizing something, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, all right, good, good. This, is, this was Pastor Mel. And so she was saying a lot of times your preparation is customized. So she used the scripture in First uh, Peter 4, 12, 13. It said, think it not strange, right? So it says, think it not, it says, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which try you. So don't think it's strange that a test you're going through because nobody else is going through it, but it's customized so you can get your level of spiritual authority. It says, it says the fiery trials which try you or test you as though some strange thing is happening to you. It says, but rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, right? That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So basically, it's not strange what you're going through. It's just customized. That's all. It's like, like you, 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 
as long as you look outside of you, you're going to think it's not fair. But if you look at what God designed, you're going to know it's, it's not strange. It's just customized. And so we were, we've been going through uh, Exodus in our Bible study fellowship in the morning from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on a conference line. And we were, we've been talking about the tabernacle. And we were talking about the, the uh, Pastor Mel described it this way. There's a purpose, a pattern, and a plan. When she was uh, putting together the, uh, the breakdown for the tent of the tabernacle for one night with a king that we did at the other church. So God put together the tabernacle with a purpose, right? He had a plan and there was a specific, a specific preparation. So we were kind of going through it the last couple of days, all the details. Today we went through the priest's garment and all the details. But the last couple of days we were going through the tent the tabernacle, the outer court, the inner court, and the holies of holies, and how they were so intricate. And then we talked about yesterday how they had to tear that thing down when they moved, and tear it down in a particular way in preparation to what? Build it right back up. The same way because the intricacy was conducive to the anointing that they wanted to manifest. So they couldn't just like tear down any old kind of way and put it back up any old kind of way. They had to be accurate. And the people that they were using to do it had to be attentive. They couldn't just be casual. They couldn't do like, you know, we were talking about how sometimes we do a church. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm responsible for that. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're doing that. They couldn't do that. They actually had to be on it and ready to rock and roll, right? And so I gave you this example how I have a friend that's a pilot, and every time they go up, you know, when they get into the plane, every time he got into the plane, he had this checklist, and he was check, 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 check. And, of course, I hadn't flown the plane, so I was like, you know, because I'm ready to go up in the air. So I'm like, you got to do this every time you get in? He said, yeah. And as I explained last week, he said, yeah, but he said, because if I miss something, see, see, like, you know how sometimes you may forget you have gas? You know, you're driving, you know, you, you're like, oh, uh, uh, actually, this wonderful lady here. Uh, so she says, uh, so does both of the cars have gas? I said, sure they do. So she gets into the car. What I should have asked her is, where are you going? So she ended up going. She had a meeting with somebody. Then from that meeting, she went to another meeting. So she had enough gas to go to the meeting, but she went to another meeting. So then she says, well, I couldn't do what I needed to do for you because I, you know, I was running out of gas. Well, now she can afford to do that. Now, and this is what she told me. When I left the meeting, I said to myself, going to the meeting, I'm going to go to the meeting. After the meeting, I'm going to put gas in the car. She forgot. So she, kept, she went to her next destination. Now, thank God she didn't stop without gas, but when she got there, she's like, well, I'm on E because the light comes on, right? Now, imagine she was flying the plane. She goes to one destination, realizes she's running out of fuel, and go, oh, no, once I get finished that meeting, I'm going to put fuel in. And she forgets when she gets back into the plane to check the gas gauge. And she goes to another city. But she's in the air when uh, low on fuel light come on. You can't do that, right? Well, this, sometimes this is where we are. We're, we're at a place of elevation when we realize we're missing some preparation. We're at a place of elevation when we realize we're missing some preparation. So we're, 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 now we already done took off. We're already in the position. We're already with the opportunity, only the, the uh, uh, 
check purpose light comes on. And it's saying, you're low on preparation. So then we panic and we try to act like we should be there. Right? And so, so, so again, what's happening is we skip stages. And so God set up a wonderful plan way from the beginning, way back in Genesis. Like, you know, what we learned from the tabernacle this morning, uh, well, in the last couple of days is what? They were intentional. Like everything meant something. Like there was nothing in the tabernacle, was nothing on the priest's garment that didn't have a meaning to it. Like you couldn't go, oh, they just put that on there for show. No, nothing was for show. Everything lined up with reminding us who God is, what he's done, and why he did it. Everything in the tabernacle. To the, to the material, to how it was weaved, to the colors, everything. Meant something. The purple is royalty. The, what y'all say the blue was? The blue or something. Come on, y'all. It's what? Like heaven? That's good. We'll take heaven for right now, but it still meant something, right? And then the, the scarlet was a reminder of how our sins was that scarlet, but also of the blood, right? So, so everything, everything was down to a particular detail. Now, you had all the stones representing the 12 tribes. Each stone had a color that, re- that, that represented the, the, the tribes. But then there was a pouch with two stones that they used for judgment, right? So everything was that detailed. Now, do you think who God, who fearfully and wonderfully made us, would skip details? And when it's time to, so he's going to prepare a tabernacle with details and prepare your purpose with, we could just do whatever? So you would think if there's that much preparation for a tent, it would be that with even more preparation for a temple. See, and, and, and we go... It don't take all that. But they were, he was training them how to operate in a default. This is how we operate as a default, right? So when it's time for you to operate in purpose, you operate as a default. All the stuff that they did in the tabernacle prepared them for gifting and calling and purpose. See, it was the, this is how they rolled. They was faithful in another man, so when God gave them their own, they didn't rest in their own. They still operate in that same discipline to take them to different levels and prepare other people. Does that make sense? And so it starts with how we grow up. So you, you, you have your first stage of life is your designation. You're a male or female. That's a designation. Listen, don't, don't, don't trip on this culture. We're going to stay focused, all right? I'm talking about how God planned it. I ain't talking about the confusion that we deal with in this culture. I said confusion. I know what I said. All right, so it starts with designation, right? Uh, then there's development where you, you develop in your, into, you know, the boy and girl stage, right? But then you're crossing over from that into being a, a man or woman of God, right? Now, before you cross over into that, it's, it's what we call bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. So that's... Um, uh, that's when you take, you, you have legalized paternity. And so what that means is back in the day, you just didn't, you know how we take things for granted. I just had this conversation. If you, if you're watching this with somebody close to me and I was like, you know how I was telling them, I said, well, you got your child is taking things for granted. Like you took some things for granted, but, but why do people take things for granted? Because 
they're not, they're not being taught how to grow and appreciate. They're, they're, they're given things without, like, with no cost. So they're just going to take things for granted. We call it spoiling people, right? <laughs> okay, we'll see how that works out as they get older, right? But, but the thing is, it's, it's you mean well, but your love can't just be the kindness and the trinkets. It has to be the testing and the training too. That's what true love is, right? You, you, you grow a person because it's about their purpose, not their position with you. Right, so you want to give them what's best for their purpose. You know, uh, my son was in a tough situation in his early years of life, and you know, me and my wife was having a discussion, and I said, "Listen, sweetheart, I can't help a situation at the expense of his life." So, another, as much as it would have been easier to convenience the situation, it would have cost him down the road. And when we talk to him to this day, he's like, "Man, I'm so glad." Um, one, he says, "I'm so glad you guys did what you did." But he was sharing with me even today, he said, he said, I tell my kids all the time, all I had to do was listen. He says, I would have been, I would have, I would have lived out my dreams. I'd have done everything I wanted to do. All I had to do was listen. He even, he had one time when he left the house, he was, I didn't tell you this. He was telling me, he said, uh, he said, you know, I think about, he said, I think about that day to this day. He said, all I had to do is, 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 is wait it out. He said, but no, I got in pride, got stubborn, and I left the house. He said, but that one move put me in situations that was dangerous. He said, so, and then that, that affected a lot of other things I wanted to do. But all I had to do was swallow my pride and ride that thing out, right? Embrace the process. So, so, so this, this bar mitzvah stage, when we're crossing over from adolescence into uh, we call it legalized paternity. You know, in certain countries, what they'll do is for the, for the young men, you don't even have the name. You don't walk around with the name. You just got the first name. You don't, you're not sealed as that child. So what they do is when you get to a certain age, when you get to the same age, you know, they give you a stick and send, send you out to the woods. Come back with a lion. All you got is a stick. Don't come back if you don't come back with a lion. When you come back with a lion, you got our name. So, you, you, this is, so they sent you out there to, to now, but, the, but their confidence is we done trained you. You done trained you. We done showed you. We done watched you. We done prepared you. Now you got to apply all the things that we taught you. Then you have our name, right? Then you, and once you get our name, you get the authority that goes with our name. But a lot of times we want the authority without going through the process. So this bar mitzvah in 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 bat mitzvah. So this this is this is a, a you know bar is son and and bat is daughter. That's what that means. So mitzvah means commandment. So it's where the 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 son is crossing over to where now they don't just know the commandments, they live the commandments. So it's where you cross over to now. You're responsible for your walk with God. You know, because sometimes you can write out your parents' prayers. You can write out your parents' faith. But now you have to establish your own individual place with God. So at this particular time, this is a milestone where you take responsibility for your life. Ideally, it's where you find a place of service in church. It's, it's a place where you start to learn to be faithful in the kingdom of God so God can prepare you for your own. But a lot of times... You know, kids would just be hovering around, you know, 
And again, they're playing off of sometimes how the parents flow. You know what I'm saying? So they're not prepared to deal with things that come at them. If they're at an age of accountability, they've already passed the shelf life where they can ride off of your prayers. So they're going through stuff because they haven't been trained how to walk in their own authority. This is where they start. See, when you cross over to this level of accountability, you know, you're no longer living by grace, but you're growing up to live by faith. You no longer, see, when I'm young, I'm living by grace, right? That means there's things I'm doing, but I'm not getting a consequence for it. But there's a grace there because I'm young. I don't know what I'm doing. But when I cross over to a certain age, now I'm accountable. You can no longer live by grace. You have to live by faith. See, we're in a culture that's trying to take us back to adolescence. The culture is saying we should just live by grace. And again, God has afforded us grace. The Bible talks about grace. But even Paul said, shall I sin so grace shall abound. He said, God forbid. It's, 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 it's a culture that's, that's confusing uh, the, the whole things about the laws. Yeah, we don't have to do the ceremonial laws. None of us is walking in here today coming before this altar with lambs and turtle doves and sacrifices on the altar. We don't have to do that. We, the grace covered that. But morally, we still got to live right. We still got to be in right standing with God. God can't be around unrighteousness. Oh, yes, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, inside Christ Jesus. So I have to stay with Christ, right? The Bible tells us in the, in the, in the same New Testament, it tells us that know you the temple of the Holy Ghost? You don't marry this temple with anything. You understand what I'm saying? So again, when I take accountability and responsibility, I just don't do everything. I value my choices. Now, the Bible says in Romans 1.17, it says the just shall live by faith. It didn't say the just shall live by grace. If I'm living by grace, I don't need faith. It says the just shall live by faith. So when I take on accountability, now I'm not riding on my parents' grace and, and I'm, I'm living by faith. I'm taking responsibility and accountability for my life. That's why I'm okay with uh, exposing myself to growing in a church culture and being involved in things in church because you can hold me accountable now. You can depend on me. I'm there. I'm there. I'm on time. Just like we want God to show up for our blessings. You don't want God late, do you? And in some cases, we don't show up at all. Suppose God rolled like that, right? So we want to operate in that same level of diligence, discipline, where we can be accountable. See, that freelance is what children do. Adults are supposed to be, you can rely on adults. I said adults. So if you can't be relied on, have you matured into accountability and responsibility? I mean, we're still winging it. See, the Bible says when I was a child, I spake as a child, thought as a child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, a, a mature male and female, I put off childish things. I'm not still running because it's uncomfortable, because somebody's holding me accountable, somebody's challenging me, somebody says something that I don't like. Children do that. 
Not adults. People are going to say stuff you don't like for the rest of your life. It's amazing how you hang out with people that's constantly saying things you don't like. You come to church, somebody tells you the truth to help you, you run. But you run out of church, run back to the house of the person that's been dogging you out in front of your face and behind your back for the last five years. And then you constantly run up, do you like me now? Please like me. Then you go home depressed. Then you drink. <laughs> I don't understand why they don't like me. I got to get myself together. Are we serious right now? But church, I can't believe they're going to talk to me like that, you know? You know, I know I said I would be there and I wasn't there. Nobody perfect, you know, but you ain't telling the people tripping on you that. We suck up. We, we bend ourselves and twist ourselves almost like some type of spiritual pretzel to please folk. But when it comes to God, do we try to please him? I just, you know, just something, you know, that's how my mind works. I just try to process through. See, a child is always, will always be a servant to those he or she encounters until they master the qualities of an heir. A child will always be considered a servant until, to those he or she encounters until they master the qualities of an heir. So we're not going to walk into our authority as long as we're acting like a child. Uh, the scripture says uh, the heir is no, differs nothing from a servant as long as they're a child but are under tutors and governors, teachers and trainers until the appointed time of the father. Galatians 4, 1 and 2. Right? And so, you, you know, it says the appointed time of the father. So, as much as people may get tired of you and just, man, just give them the spot. I would just, you know, you can get tired of your kids, man. Just, man, just go on, do what you want to do. You can be tired of them if you want. They're still not going to elevate to authority until God says they're ready. Right? And, and, and we're, we can kick and scream. We, you know how, you, you know, when you're young, you, you buy your time. Can't wait till I turn such that I'm out of here. That don't mean you're going to walk in authority. You're just going to have a rude awakening. And some of us that are adults can tell you, we had that rude awakening. I tell you what, mm-hmm, yeah, when I get out of here, I'm going to do what I want to do. And you realize, you realize that room is filthy after a while, ain't it, when you don't take care of it. Parents are trying to tell you to take care of it all the time, and sometimes they came behind you and cleaned it. But ain't nobody coming behind you at college, are they? It's nasty, right? But sometimes we don't understand the value of these things, right? See, so we're a child until legalized paternity or imparted authority is spoken by the father. That's when it says, into the appointed time of the father. See, that's what the prodigal son's problem in Luke 15. It says, he came to his father, says, give me my portion. Almost like, give me my authority, give me my clout, give me everything right now. So the father used wisdom. He says, okay, go on with your bad self. So he went out, and because he wasn't ready for it, he, he, he destroyed it all. Ended up in the pig slop, eating the pig's food. And, and the scripture says he came to himself and said, hold on a second. My dad's servants, hired servants, are eating better than I'm eating right now. So I blew it. He realized he blew it. So he didn't come back pretending like nothing happened. You know how you mess up, you come back, and you try try to be nice. But but I have a rule in my life, anybody that flips on me, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm ready for reconciliation. But the way you go out is the way you come back in. So you can't, like, go out 
and then come back in and pretend that didn't happen. No, we're going to talk about this right here first because I need to know if you've awakened or we're just going to deal with it again later. You know, uh, me and my wife have a great relationship, so let's say you're in a relationship with, with us and you flip on her. So now you out. So you come back and you try to talk to me. No, 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 no. Talk to her. The way you went out is the way you come in. You ain't bypassing her. And, can, and if you flipped on me, don't, 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 don't try to talk to Pastor Mel. She'll be like, did you talk to Pastor? Go talk to him. But that's not a punishment. That's if you truly have changed, you're going to be willing to come in the way you went out. Right? Because you've crossed over to a level of brokenness and humility, right? You would have come to yourself. So the prodigal son came back and said, hey, I know how I went out. I'm willing to come back not where I was and the way I left. I, I want to be lower than that. Just hire me as a servant. I, I'll roll in this house as if I'm not even a child. So he didn't even come back as a child. He wanted to come back as a hired servant with no clout in the house at all. As a child, he had clout. He was the future heir. He had authority. He just didn't have full authority. Like, they, people were watching. Listen, they was his tutors and governors, but they, they, they weren't going to come out of wrong because they was like, he's the heir. He's going to be our boss someday. But they still had to train him to handle it. And he left out, didn't even want to hold that right. Came back, listen, just hire me as a servant. I don't need no clout in this house at all. I'll take what, listen, what the servants get is better than what I was dealing with. Because he came back willing to be a servant, he was received as an heir. That's, the, that's what the father was trying to teach him the whole time, right? See, you, you're, a, you're, a, you're just a child until you pass the test of servanthood, Right? You're an heir when you've mastered the heart of a servant, right? No longer a mere conscious effort, but has matured in the, like, a subconscious. Like, I'm not, because there's levels where we mimic or we do what, I know I need to do this because I'm trying to get this position. That, that's still childish. It hasn't taken root. It's not who you are. It's just what you do. When you get what you want, when you're doing stuff just to get what you want, when you get what you want, what happens? You stop doing it. But when it becomes who you are, God can give you that elevation. He can give you that authority. He can give you the house. He can give you the car. He can give you the husband. He can give you the wife. You ain't going to stop doing what you do because it's who you are. But, see, we can't front with God. When we're just doing it on the surface, as soon as we get what we want, we're going to drop off. We do it all the time. We do it now. As soon as God gives us a little bit of something, we don't forget God. We were like, oh, you know, I just, I just love coming to church. I just love being in the kingdom. I'm just trying to serve in the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's just all about serving in the kingdom. You know, I'm just I'm trying to get there. As soon as you get there, be like, well, you know, I'm kind of busy with the thing that I was believing for. It's blessing me so much I don't have time for God. See, that, that means it wasn't in our heart. It, it doesn't change. Like, I can't change what I do because I pastor a church. I still got to spend time on my face. I still got to serve. I still got to love. I still got to love my family. I can't shift up. I still got to take care of business. I can't change 
Listen, I can't work out to get a wife and get a wife and stop working out? Are you kidding me? Oh, I got you now, girl. <laughs> Listen, just give me the biscuits. We won't be doing no working out. You ain't going nowhere. You love the Lord, right? You know God don't like divorce. Give me them biscuits, girl. Give me them biscuits. No, I can't. I can't, I can't roll like that. I don't roll like that. Put it that way. Yeah, see, see, see this, is, this is the other part. We want this authority, but we try to control our tutors and governors, and we try to control our time. See, you're in the tutors and governors to the point in time of the father. We try to control our, like, like, so, like listen, do you understand, like, I got to go through this to share it. Let me tell you why I got to go through it. I got to go through it so when I'm sharing it, I'm not guessing. It's real to me. I've experienced this. Do you understand that's going to come across with a level of confidence? But you know how we try to control people? You don't want me to be confident. So now what am I supposed to do? You know, hey, I think if you, if you, if you embrace the tutors and governors, um, you might possibly, well, I'm not saying you will, but you might maybe, well, I don't really know, no, but come on, y'all, that's what you want? So it's like you dog, if you do, you dog, you don't. You, you, you speak with a level of, of, of belief, it's who he think he is. You speak with a level of, you don't know, that, hey, that dude don't know what he's talking about. Look at him. Why you keep stuttering, bro? Speak up. Speak up. Come on, straighten up. Like, do you understand? Like, you go through it to share it. Not, you're not sharing it like, what's wrong with them? You're sharing it like, hey, I found out. Hey, this is what I went through. And this could help. That's what you're doing. It's a humility. Because you've gone through it. Now you could be selfish to me like, you figure it out. Now, listen, I, listen, I don't, what'd you say, babe? God bless the child got his own. Figure it out. I don't know. Do whatever you think you need to do. Yeah, that might work. Yeah, that might work. Try that, Venetia. That might work. That's not, no, that's selfish. Freely is given, freely you give. Right, Dry? Isn't that the goal? So, so that, that's the angle here. So, but, but this, these things are truth. We're trying to control. See, if I don't go through this stuff, I can be easily controlled. All you got to do is, is have a funny looking face on you and I'll be like, oh, oh my, I got to change what I have to say. But I'm not, I'm not talking to people for approval. I'm talking to people out of obedience. I don't really need approval. I already got it. God said this is what he wants to talk about. You understand the difference? That's why I don't fear faces because I'm not doing it for approval. I'm not a politician. I don't need votes. He said, Samson, so I don't have to like, okay, see how this go over. Uh, I'm not getting no votes for them. Let me change up. No, I'm just being obedient. I'm, now, I'm saying all this for a reason because we got to get this, right? Um, and see, the way we control our tutors and governors in our time is we say, oh, that's enough. Or I don't want that type of trainer right now. How do you tell the trainers how to train you? Like you go to the job. Come on, James, what are we doing now? We're going to come to the job and go, see, y'all you know, know what y'all doing here. 
Who's paying you and who signed up? Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like you want to embrace the training. Find out what you don't know and I'll try to prove to you do. Do you understand Job wouldn't have, wouldn't have approved of his training if it was his choice? Do you understand what Job went through? Job would have met Joseph. Do you honestly think Joseph selected? Like they got, this is what we do in Makara. It's like a selection, right? You know how like you go to a vending machine and you select the training that, nah. Nah, oh, no, I know what it is. It's like you're shopping for a vacation. And then you, you, know, you decide what you want, the amenities for training. No, that's not how it works. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. You have a purpose. And God has already customized the training that you need to fulfill that purpose. And you, you can't be looking around because it's customized. You're not going to find nobody going through what you're going through. And a lot of times we've given up because we've said it's not fair because nobody's going through it, but nobody was going to get your blessings either. It's customized. And it does, listen, I'm telling you right now, at every level that I've had to grow, the level I'm at right now is excruciating. But because of all the other stuff that I've gone through up to this point, I know how God works. I go, hey, his plan's better than mine. You know, because, hey, listen, if I could control the time, this, my testing would have been over a long time ago. Oh, Ben, oh, oh, that's enough. But that's what we're doing. We're going, that's enough. Based on what? What is that enough based on? It's based on what we believe we want to tolerate. Not what we're going to. If we can see where God's taking us, we would embrace every level of the testing right now. And I'm talking to people right now. It's like, okay. That's, what, that's pretty much what my son was saying. I should have just embraced the whole thing, man. That was being set up. I remember him going to a pro camp. He called me up after day two. And I didn't want him to go. Matter of fact, my first thought when, when I got the call, because I had to call him later, I was like, he, he must be out of his mind. He ain't ready for that. Holy Spirit got me and said, no, 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 let him go. I was like, let him go? No, 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 we need to get him ready for that. He said, let him go. After the second day, he called me. He, says, he said, Dad, you know, uh, what I learned here in this first day is I should have been listening to you. All this stuff you've been telling me is what they're telling me. So he learned more by me allowing him to go than me preventing him from going. But that was customized. I couldn't do that ev- for everything. You know, have him risk his life and go, hey, I'll just uh, make sure you learned the lesson. No. It was, it was for that, but I mean, that wasn't life and death. It was a basketball tryout. You understand what I'm saying? But, but he learned something from that. And, 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 and the conversation I had with him uh, earlier, he was just breaking down all the different things. Like, sometimes I hear from my son stuff I didn't even realize. Me or my wife said to him. But, but he, he realizes things, right? And I'm going to tell you the biggest thing. Next time he come out and share, before he share, I'll interview him. And he'll tell you, man. All I had to do, I was being tutored and trained for greatness. All I had to do is write it out. And if we're honest with ourselves sitting here and watching out there, like what cost us is we aborted training. And so some of the stuff that you're going through right now that I have to share, Pastor Matt, all these different people, it's like, oh, you know how you, you skipped high school and you got to go back to take your GED? 
Well, some of it is, is spiritual GED. Like you got to get the stuff that you missed. You just can't keep going. And so we, I don't understand why I'm going through this. Well, you wouldn't have had to go through this if you would embrace the tutors and, and governors from before. And then we think we're going to ride it out and like statute of limitations, right? Like, ah, well, you know, it's been like 10 years, so they'll probably just let me in. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. 10 years go by. Hey, yeah, so I'm here for my purpose. Did you ever pass that training? Oh, what? No, no, I mean, come on. It's like 10 years. I figured you let me go for that. Well, well, when you've shown approval for the training, we're here waiting on you. So we're creating delays. You know how we, uh, I was saying this with uh, somebody earlier today. You know this line, I've been running from the Lord. Like, what is that? <laughs> how does that look for real? Because I mean, I, I never, how do you run from the Lord? Because if you're running from the Lord, you're running to the Lord, aren't you? Because everywhere you go, there he is. He's omnipresent. So how do we run from the Lord? No, you might be running, but you ain't running from the Lord. You might be running from yourself, but you ain't running from the Lord. The Lord is everywhere. Like, how is that possible? But we come up with these lines, and it's cute. You know, people, man, you know, man. (laughs) You know, I've just been running from the Lord, man. Like, you're saying that like, I heard somebody say, it's okay? Yeah, like it's okay. You know, I, I, you, know <laughs> you know how it is, you know, just running from the Lord. Really? And then you, something in you says, well, you know, this is running from the Lord. Okay, now it's time for me to do what I want to do. No, it's time for you to pass the test that you, you let go. All right? Why are we, listen, that's why I'm not mad at the stuff that I'm going through right now. I created the delay. And, 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 okay, just even right now, if somebody took me, because uh, I remember I had to go to a basketball tryout, and you had to make a certain amount of foul shots in a row. Like, you know, I mean, the goal was if you could make 100 in a row. You know, that, that's what the goal was, right? And then you had to do, uh, we had to do a vertical leap, you know, vertical leap and hit these things. Uh, we had to do uh, suicides in a certain amount of time. If somebody just grabbed me right now and took me out there to do that, man, I'm not doing that. I can't, listen, I don't leap no, you know, uh, at my worst, I leap 37 inches. 37 inches, man, I'm lucky to leap, to leap four inches. I leap more than four inches. But I'm just saying, like 37, I'm not doing that. I can't, I can't do that now. But let's say I skipped that and that was the requirement. Do you know what my body would have to go through to jump 37 inches? This is what we're doing. We're trying to handle those things with the same level of discipline as opposed to changing our discipline to make sure we're ready to pass the test. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and this is the other thing we do. We try to find some, so somebody less than so we don't have to be more than. This is, so, so, so you see the training is stretching you, right? So you leave the stretch and you go find somebody less than and go, yeah, you know, this person is really, uh, they've been growing me. I've been learning so much. You no more native. You're not learning so much. You feel comfortable there, you know, because they can't see what's wrong with you. 
And what's wrong with you doesn't mean your whole being is wrong. It's they can't see where you need help because they don't know what they're doing. But this is the other thing we do. So instead of for looking for people to challenge us, we're, uh, how can I say, well, we're, we're accountable to serve our way to purpose. We want to find places where we give an account of our every move according to purpose, meaning that somebody can tweak. Me and my son had this conversation too. We were just talking about the different dynamic in him raising my grandson who's, who's playing basketball and me raising him. I said, well, the difference which is I was with you all the time. So even as he was making moves and doing things, I held him accountable. So, but, but not accountable like, what's wrong with you? Like, hey, tweak this over here. Hey, tweak this over here. Hey, tweak this over here. But I'm right there. You see what I'm saying? So in the, mo- in the moment, I'm like, hey, hey, all right, son, this, is, this, is how, this was the best way to handle that. I said, your son, because of your schedule, he doesn't have that there all the time. So he has it from time to time. It's the same thing. When you, accountability is not, how can I put it? Accountability is not trying to put you down. Accountability is making you aware of the necessarily changes along the way. But we think it's a bad thing. Like, we don't want to be exposed to, like, when we ain't handling business, you want to come around accountability. But we run from it, but that means we're just going to still, we're still going to stay in compromise. And we're going to not pass the test of preparation. You see the difference? See, when I was a child, spake a child, thought as a child. When I became a man, I put off child's things. You know what it is when we mature, when we really mature? We're no longer playing around, getting around, and manipulating around responsibilities. If we're still playing around, trying to get around, and manipulating responsibilities, we haven't grown up yet. That's not Pastor Keith putting anybody down. That's the reality. We haven't grown up. Kids play around, try to manipulate around, try to get around responsibilities. Kids do that, right? Like, adults don't do that. Do you understand? See? She can't get her way, so she's upset. <laughs> but, 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 you know, when we're, when, when we mature, Is she quiet now? <laughs> what? Oh, okay. He, he had his thumb up. I was like, what did I do? Oh. I, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So when we mature, I got you. I got, when we mature, like, like we embrace. We're not, we're not, we're not just... As soon as it's uncomfortable, how do I get out of this? No, how do I get into it, right, when we mature? Like, nobody got to tell you to clean up your room when you're mature. You're not trying to get around. Nobody got to tell you to be on time. Nobody got to, like, keep reminding you to come to church. Like, I mean, think of, that doesn't make sense. Somebody got to, 
well, you know, nobody asked me to participate in the helps ministry, so since nobody asked me, when you mature, nobody got to ask you, you're looking for something to do. You see the difference? But we, we like somebody got to cheerlead you to do praise and worship? Are we serious? All that God has done on our lives. Like I watched Gerard, he, he, he coming up the stage clapping. Like, you don't, like you don't have to, you don't have to make him praise. Like, why would somebody got to make you? You know how with kids, like uh, uh, when these guys first came to the church, you know, you're sitting up front, this is the old church, and they, they you know, slouch in their chair, like, move me. I don't want to be here anyway. Yeah. My mom brought me here, but I don't have to like this. He was doing that, too, when he first came. I just see, see, I'm just, y'all went alone. When he first came, his, his, his wife had him come, and he was sitting up front. I watched him. He's, I'm here, but I'm not going to look at nobody. I'm not going to engage. Oh, y'all not just going to make me feel this. <laughs> it ain't happening like that. You know, y'all, God going to have to move if y'all trying to get me to. He's looking straight ahead. Boy, we should, we should go back and look at a video of that. It would be real funny. But you don't have to get him to do that now. You see the difference? See, we talk about renewing our mind, and that's a great stage that we have. Though. We talk about renewing the spirit of our mind. And we, as we renew the spirit of our mind, we start to think more mature. We're excited about any opportunity we have to grow. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, so we, we, we don't think no childish anymore. Now, again, it's nothing wrong when we're crossing over and we're maturing and getting ready for authority to have a heart of a child. You know, because the heart of a child is willing to leap in, uh, in, blind, in, 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 in a blindness with God. Like, like, I just trust God. You know, children, they just trust God, right, uh, in their relationship with God. So, again, when we mature, we're going to maintain the heart of a child but we're going to establish the heart of a lion in, a, in the effort of an ant with the vision of an eagle in our relationship with man. So we're going to keep a heart of a child with God, right? No matter what, we're going to keep a heart of a child with God. But we're going to establish a heart of a lion, the effort of an ant, the vision of an eagle in our relationship with man. Because we need courage with man. We need to be diligent when we deal with men, right? And we need to have vision so people can't just have us following anything, right? So as we mature, when it comes to man, we're not going to be childish. We'll maintain a heart with a child, always trusting him no matter what, right? So we're moving beyond having an improper image of ourselves. So a lot of times we're not ready for authority because we, we still can't see, we're still seeing a child. Remember uh, in The Lion King, I call it Simba Syndrome, where he saw himself as a cub, but he had grown into being a lion. Well, well, that's having an improper image of yourself. And so a lot of times, you know, I was, uh, was talking with the minister about this earlier, how a lot of times, so this is the, the I don't know if, if it's the word I want to use, dichotomy, or this is the the weirdness with growing in church. With growing in church, you have people that have zeal fighting for position, right? You have people that actually have authority within them. 
But the people with zeal are, have the, the fight to want to lead, but they ain't ready. The people with the skill has the ability to lead, but they have an improper image of themselves. And so the people that fight to want to lead dominate the people with the skill to lead. When the people that are fighting to lead should be patient enough to be under tutors and governors to get what they need to lead, and the people that have the ability to lead need to step up and be encouraged and start taking steps by faith to lead. That heart of a lion. You see, that, that's the weirdest thing. So you have, you, you, you have the wrong people in the position because the person with the skills acting like Ahab and the person that's not prepared is acting like Jezebel. See, the Jezebel spirit doesn't just operate. Somebody has to relinquish their authority. So a person's supposed to be doing something. No, no, it's okay. No, no, I just want to be behind the scenes. The, the person with the Jezebel, like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and they ain't ready for it. But the only reason they're doing it is because the person supposed to be doing it won't step up. No, no, it's okay. I just want to be behind the scenes, you know, because, you know, if I'm behind the scenes, I can't mess up. You can't rise up either. I just let that soak in for a while, Gerard. <laughs> just let that soak in. All right, so, so, so just like, like Simba, no more playing around in the jungle. Jungle, living beneath our design. We have to mature to do what's best. See, when we mature, we can't allow that to, to go dormant. Especially if I got the skills to grow it and I've been prepared for it. I don't want to do it because I don't want to make a mistake. Newsflash, I make tons of mistakes all the time. And I just learn from them. Somebody say amen or something. <laughs> I just learn from them. Guess what? I'm willing to make mistakes. That's it. I just learn from them. I mean, the stuff we do around here, somebody might say, why do they do that? Well, we, at the time, based on the intel and knowledge that we had, based on all of our investigation, it seemed like the best thing to do. Come to find out, we didn't get the accurate intel or somebody uh, bait and switched us. Guess what? Okay, now we have to have wisdom from there. But I'm not sitting around going, oh, what's wrong with me? I should be perfect in everything that I do. That's pride. Ain't a person in this building ain't made no mistake. So, so that's the thing is, you can't not do stuff because you're worried about making mistakes. No, go ahead and make the mistake. Guess what? There's a lot of stuff I do know. You know how I know it? Because I made mistakes. <laughs> you know why I know a lot? Because I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> That's why I know so much. All these mistakes I made. And just learn from them. I'm 60. That's a lot of years to make mistakes. I did a whole lot of dating today, huh? 1980, 84, 60. <laughs> right? But man, I made a lot of mistakes. And guess what? Newsflash. I'm going to make some more. Get some wisdom from them too. So we can stop with, you know, uh, 
uh, one thing I learned in basketball is uh, uh, we had a philosophy, think long, think, long, think wrong. So, so, so you give me the pass, the goal is catch and shoot. Well, we ain't got no time to be thinking. So either I'm shooting or I'm passing. We call it quick recognition. But if I get the ball and I go, should I take the shot? Maybe I should take the shot. I'm going to miss that shot. What am I thinking about? Either I have the shot or I don't. Life is the same way. Do it or don't. What's all the other stuff for? You see what I'm saying? That's what, that's what we, we're overthinking everything. Because we think if we overthink it, we'll finally come up with a way to do it perfectly. You can't do that. It's not going to happen. You're wasting your time. All right? Take the next best step from where you are. So, so this is the thing, the mature move beyond mere inspiration and they elevate to empowerment. Like, so it's not just being in this place of, of, of you know, wonderful words, but not only am I living stuff out, but I'm empowering other people to do it. Um, and this is the thing, like, it, you, when, when you, you cross over to a level of appreciation and appreciation is what establishes reverence which qualifies you for that paternity or that authority. Because remember this prodigal son came back with appreciation. And that appreciation established his reverence because he was irreverent to say, give me mine. Right? So the appreciation established the reverence that qualifies you for paternity. Then the father said, this is my son. Now he threw a party for him because he came back with what? Appreciation. See, we take a lot of stuff for granted. If there's no, see, there's no appreciation if we don't submerge ourselves in the things of God, period. That's why the Bible says be filled with the fullness of God. If I go deep in God, I start to value and appreciate. That's why Gerard can walk off the stage and clap. He's appreciating, man, oh my God. He's come to the altar and be like, man, I'm just happy to be at the altar. You can't take those things for granted. I was talking to, to a, a minister, James, and I was like, listen, there was, a, there was a, you know, people see me and Pastor Mel were 60, we're in Charlotte, but there was a price. There was a price. I mean, you can hear the number of 18 years being at a ministry, but while you're at the ministry, now, now if, if you're just gullible and goofy and you can't do nothing, you're just happy to just be there. But it's not like we ain't have a skill set. So, so you're going to deal with people going, when are you going to do this? And you got to deflect that. Then you see other people doing stuff that you're more qualified than. Right? Then you got people mushing in your face what they're doing. You know, oh, yeah, ever since I've been doing such and such. And, you know, constantly mushing in your face. Then you got, when are you going to do such and such? Then you got people trying to get you to trip, go, man, you ain't doing that yet. Man, how long you, man, they playing you, man. Yo, yo, Keith, man, they playing you, man. Like, they, you, you got to weather all those storms and still lock into God's obedience because God is telling you something that I got you, just, just stay the course. You rolling with my time, not their time, not their assessment. One person said, listen, he said, you know, I, I see some people blessed, some people not. I said, well, the thing is, you got to understand that people receive blessings based on what they qualify for, what they can really handle. So then he said this. He said, so what about you then? 
He said, I ain't never seen nobody as faithful as you. This was, uh, we were at the other church over there. The person was coming from out of town. He said, ever since I've known you. He says, so I would think by now you'd be one of the, best, the blessed person on the earth. Why are you still waiting for stuff? It's a young guy that I mentor. I said, well, God is not blessing me based on your assessment. God is blessing, blessing me based on his assessment of me, my heart, my character, and what he think I can handle, not what you think I can handle. So you may have already approved me. And what you approve me for might be a wonderful thing, but God has so much more for me and it's going to take so much more preparation. So I'm just going to go with God on this one. Now, this is before we came here. And there's people having that conversation me, with me about where I'm at right now. And the thing is, you, it's not about everybody's assessment. It's about our obedience with God, right? And so this is the thing. Um, when I really cross over to, we're calling it legalized paternity or, or my spiritual authority, uh, is when I commune, when, when, when I really get to a point, I have a revelation of God and I understand my value in this life, regardless of the circumstances. The circumstances don't determine my value. What God says about me determines my value. So I embrace this revelation that my life is not my own and has never been designed for me or my feelings. My life is not my own. It's never been designed for me and my feelings. It really is about me growing up that God has designed me for a wonderful purpose and plan. When I cross over to this, this is going to be big for us all to think about. I'm going to just give you two more points and we're done. When our qualifications are not in credentials but in our heart. Our qualifications are not in credentials. It's not in my degree. It's not in how much money I have, what car I drive, what house I have, what clothes I wear. My qualifications are not in my credentials. My qualifications are what's in my heart. That's when I know I'm ready. It's not how many, you know, what church I used to be a part of, you know, who I know. It's who I am. I, I can get into some of this other stuff next week, but, but, I, but I just want to spend some time with understanding how some of us have slipped into this place of living in disqualification because we're not embracing none of the tutors, none of the preparation, none of the test trials and tribulation, none of the uncomfortable things, and we cross too easy into it's not fair or woe is me. You know, we actually think it's strange that we're going through these tests and trials. We think it's unfair. I said, I, th I said, we think it's fair. We think it's unfair because we haven't seen all that God has planned for us. We measure our age. I mean, some of us could never have been a Sarah or, or Abraham. I mean, 
100 years, 75 years for you even get the conversation what God is going to do. Right? Then you go another 11 years where you decide to help God and it still ain't happened yet now. Then you got to go another 14 years before what God actually said is going to happen. So, so we ain't even going to talk about the whole hundred. Let's just talk about from the time God talked to him to the time it manifested. That's 25 years. How many of us go through 25 days? 25 months. I just give 25 months. 25 years? And we think that's a fantasy. Oh, that's back in the day. No, that's how they did that back in the day. God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. That's why we went through an 18-year process. That wasn't back in the day. Well, I guess y'all saying it was back in the day since it was like 12, 13 years ago, right? <laughs> y'all funny. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Like, we, we, like, we don't understand these. Look at Joseph's time. How many of us could have went through that? I mean, it wasn't just one thing. One thing would have been cool. I'm in a pit. That still would have been cool for most of us. But then you go to slavery, and then you, you rise above the slavery. So it's not like you let it break you. You're like, I rise above. So you figure it's over, right? I don't rose above the slavery. I'm the top slave. I'm the man. I'm, I'm rolling as if I'm not a slave. And then you get set up and go to prison. Like, but... How many of us after the prison, we'd be like, okay, now enough is enough. I already didn't listen. They dealt with these strangers and I'm rose to the top. He didn't rise to the top right away. He went through years to deal with the anguish of being treated like a slave until he was Potiphar's top person. Then he got played and go to prison. That's a whole nother extreme. Like you got to understand these things are in the Bible to teach us so we don't think it's strange what we're going through. Because some of us ain't went through no pit, ain't went through no slavery, and sure enough, ain't been locked up. Unfairly. Just in case some of y'all been locked up because you did something wrong. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like these things are in the Bible to show us that the sufferings of this present time are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And, and, and each of these stages are to wake us up to get us out of that funk where we, we do well for two weeks, three weeks, and then we just slip back into this and we go, well, you know, you know, God still, what somebody told me today, I think it was Jay, he's like, that line, God's still working on you. Like, there, like there's some lab somewhere, God's still in there like, whew, I don't know, this Venetia thing has stumped me. You got some ideas? I don't know. Just give her this. Hey, we'll figure that other stuff out later. That's what God's doing. But the scripture says it is finished. So I think it's waiting on us. I don't know. I don't think God working on us is still working on us. I think he's still waiting on us. Don't start laughing over there, Gwen. You too. 
too, Gwen. All right, that's standing. Oh, no, I'm standing your feet. I'm sorry. That's the end. We'll stop right there. We'll get into a... Uh... Oh, it's fast week next week. So I don't even know we... Ew, we got so much stuff. All right, we'll see what God wants to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about it after fast week. Next week is fast week. 